Welcome to a Friday edition of Locked on Heat. On today's show, we've got news on Jimmy Butler trade talks. We'll discuss if Miami should up their offer to land the All-Star. And then we'll look ahead to next week's games and guess how the Heat will do. Thank you so much for listening and for subscribing. Now let's get to the show. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, the only podcast that breaks down every Heat game, news item, rumor, and more. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm a credentialed writer covering the Heat and the NBA for Fansided. You can find me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. And I'm David Romello, credentialed NBA writer who's covered the Heat and League at Large for SB Nation and Fansided. You can follow me in my writing on Twitter at DRomello13. We're debuting a new segment today. It's called Guess the Record, where every Friday, David and I will discuss the games coming up and guess the Heat's record for the following week. That'll be fun. Uh, but first, we've got Jimmy Butler updates. Let's start. Mm. There's a bunch of stuff here. So let's just let's start with Adrian Wojnarowski's report from Thursday that the Rockets have offered four first-round picks for Jimmy Butler. And according to our friends at Five Reasons, Five Reasons Sports, the Heat have reopened trade talks with the Timberwolves for Butler. ESPN Stefano Fusaro is had reported this morning that Minnesota hasn't made a move on Houston's reported offer of all of their draft picks, and so the door remains open for the Heat. David, from what you've seen so far this season, do the Heat need to make a move on Butler? I change opinion on this almost daily, and right now I'm leaning more towards no. I feel like with what we've seen from Josh Richardson, it's been encouraging enough to hope that he'll continue to progress at this level that he'll continue to be on the upward trend towards perhaps all-star appearances in the future and that we've got enough other young players around him to continue to build if not necessarily a contender right away the starts of of the start of something good and I while that might not make a lot of heat fans happy I feel like right now isn't the right time for a butler trade maybe a couple weeks ago that would have been ideal but I think Richardson's performances over the first couple games of the season have been encouraging he's showing more versatility in his offensive repertoire. I think his defense has been as spectacular as ever. And I think we're starting to see that the team has, has kind of bonded after the, the trade talk it sort of died down. So I'd like to see that continue. I'd like to see from the perspective of, of somebody who's talked to players and, and, and you know, you see what, what goes on in that locker room, the camaraderie and all. I don't know that a trade would be in the best interest. And especially after we saw and we've heard some of the things that Jimmy has done in Minnesota. And, and he's a, a somewhat abrasive personality. So bringing him onto that roster while it increases the level of talent on the team, I think could disrupt the team in a way that we're not prepared for. So are, are you against the Jimmy Butler trade because it's Jimmy Butler? Would you be, like, let's say this was, I don't know, Paul George instead, who doesn't who has a reputation of actually getting along well with teammates. Would you, like, would you be more on board for a less abrasive personality? Maybe, but even in the case of it might be on a case to case basis because with a guy like George, he's not your your superstar. He's not the kind of guy that is the leader of the team. He's a great player, but he's sort of in that Jimmy Butler like ten to fifteen best player in the league range, which is like a great second option on a championship team, right? That's right. Yeah, and I think it just his personality is different. Like he, I don't know that he necessarily feels the the alpha mentality either. Like he doesn't want to be the guy to lead everybody out of the locker room. He's not Dwayne Wade. He's not LeBron James. He's not even Russell Westbrook, you know, for better or for worse. At least Westbrook has imprinted his personality on the rest of the team and everybody there in that locker room is willing to follow him. Paul George is that guy. That's what I love about Jimmy Butler. I was more using Paul George as just sort of generic other player who's sort of in that same Butler range who doesn't have that 
yeah. that reputation of personality that Butler has. But that's what I love about Butler is that he does have that alpha dog mentality. And I think that serves him well because, look, right now the Heat, I don't know that they have that. And Josh Richardson wants to be that, but he's not quite there. I don't know if it's a confidence level or a skill level or what, or a combination of both things. Like, he just ha- hasn't earned it yet. Um, Dwayne Wade is obviously that, but he's taken a back seat on the on, oh, without a doubt, yeah. on, on the team. So there's some, you know, that's diff- that's a different thing altogether. But that's why I'm still totally in on a Jimmy Butler trade. I am all in, and I think the Heat need to figure it out. And I see a lot of people saying that, look, uh, the Heat should land Jimmy Butler, give up everything other than Josh Richardson to get him. And I'm I'm all in. I'm just if if it takes Josh Richardson, do it. I'm I'm ready for it. I think it it would give the Heat an identity. I said going into the regular season when we thought that maybe a Jimmy Butler trade could get done in the preseason. That's when right. all the rumors were really kind of heavy. That it would serve Miami well to go into the regular season, see how this team plays, how how the individual players perform, and kind of get a better read and a better scouting report on their own players. I think Whiteside's played pretty well. I, I I agree with you. I think Josh Richardson has shown a lot. Rodney Magruder obviously has been pl- playing well. I think Goran Dragic has been up and down. Um, and so I think we know where this team is. And where this team is is without an identity. And they're injury prone. And they don't... I, I there, There's just no other direction. And I think you can make the trade for Jimmy Butler. And if what it costs you is Josh Richardson... Dion Waiters or Kelly Olynyk, one of those contracts to make the salaries match, plus the 2019 first round pick. That if it's a at best case scenario, look, this upcoming draft is not a deep draft. Usually, I'm the guy that says hang on to the draft picks. This is not a deep draft coming up. I think there's eight to ten players who can make a difference, and other than that, it's a crapshoot. And so, if you are the Heat and you're maybe trying to get to that 45 to 50 win range, especially if you get Butler, then you're going to have a lousy pick anyway. I say move the pick. Move one of those other Olenek and Waiters contracts and then go ahead and throw Josh Richardson in the deal to be the centerpiece of the package and get Jimmy Butler. And look, if Jimmy Butler doesn't work out, just don't resign him. It's fine. And then all well. of a sudden you've cleared out a bunch of salary and you could start and you could start the rebuild. Do, would it hurt losing Josh Richardson? Absolutely. But I think it I, I do think it's worth the risk because I think Butler would work out really well in Miami. I yes. think he would give the Heat a, a huge direction. He would be the linchpin not only of the offense. He would not only give them that identity and that centerpiece on offense, but on defense, too, where the Heat have struggled this year. So I'm ready for Jimmy Butler. I think that given the, that Houston's offer is four first-round picks, and that hasn't really moved the needle mm-hmm. for Minnesota, I think Miami has—it sounds like Minnesota wants players, right? Players who can contribute right now. Thibodeau wants to make the playoffs, to be, prob- probably to save his job, so I get that. Miami has a whole lot of players that could help the Timberwolves. Maybe it doesn't even take, including Josh Richardson. The the Timberwolves have zero depth whatsoever, right? So just give them, maybe it's just giving them guys like Olenek and Dion and all these depth pieces, maybe taking on a Gorgie Jan contract and just basically filling out Minnesota's roster for them while the Heat in return get a guy that they could build their future on in Jimmy Butler. Now, I'll, I'll ask you this. You you mentioned the 45-50 to 50 win you know, range as far as the goal from Miami, you don't think they could achieve that where the roster is currently constructed, given no. the fact that we've seen. You know, you no. don't think so. Given no, that I don't, Boston I don't, is weaker, I don't think this team is good. I, okay. I don't think they're good. I, I don't. I see them maybe getting a seventh seed in the East, at best. Okay. Charlotte looks better. Um, Detroit looks better. Charlotte's going to even out. That's that's. I think that's. A, look, I mean, we're seeing historic levels of three point shooting and offense around the league. A lot of these things are evening out. I don't think Detroit's going to be that kind of team. Fifty games in this. I may be wrong, 
but we're seeing Boston kind of crumble and and you know having some some legitimate weaknesses in their game, nah, things that we didn't expect. They'll, they'll still be better than us. Like it's just look, Charlotte. They have Kemba Walker. That's a better player than Miami has, right? Okay. The, and and uh, then the, my second question then is, you know, you're talking about the superstar player. Isn't this going to be more shades of 2008 through 2010 Miami, where you had Dwayne Wade, who was, I don't think, even arguably a better player at that point than Jimmy Butler is now? Yeah. And you still didn't achieve much success. You had Michael Beasley. You had, you know, the the start of Mario Chalmers' career. You had Jermaine O'Neal or Sean Marion the year before. Yeah. You know, I, that I was mean, that was Dwayne Wade with thing? broken down players and a, and a rookie who wasn't ready and Michael Beasley. I, I think that Jimmy Butler on this roster with the the depth that they have. Reg- even, you know, depending on what they have to give up. But even then, like, this is a better coach team than those teams were. This is a better, um, I mean, it was still Spolstra, but it it was, was, yeah. it's a better version of Spolstra and a more experienced version of Spolstra. So it's better coached. There's more depth. Um, there's more of a structure and a culture. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't this uh, kind of countdown to the summer of 2010 that was sort of there in those 2008 and 2009 years. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I do think that this team would be better. I think with Jimmy Butler... If you have to give, let's let's just hypothetically say the package is Richardson, you know, Olenek, and a first round pick, which I think would be worst case scenario package for the Heat. I still think that this team is way better and makes the playoffs and is all of a sudden looking at forty five to fifty wins. I don't think that the Heat right now are there. I I really don't think that they're there. I think they've plateaued. They haven't improved enough internally. I mean, Ronnie Magruder is the only guy who really made a leap. Josh Richardson too, I guess. But you know, when players come back, that's going to regress a little bit. And I don't know. I don't know. But let's keep talking about this um, Jimmy Butler stuff because there's a lot to dissect. We haven't even talked about the value of Houston's offer yet. But uh, first, some housekeeping really quick. Before we move on, our written Miami Heat season preview is available, and we've lowered the price to just $1. Go to gum.co at or slash L-O-H-P-R-E-V. Again, gum.co slash L-O-H-P-R-E-V to purchase it or get it for free if you sign up as a Locked on Heat Life or at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash locked on heat. I know the season already started, but a whole lot of good stuff in there. Great columns about the future of the heat that still applies right now. Stuff, an email exchange from me and David. Uh, more about Jim, the Jimmy Butler trade talks, which still applies obviously right now. Uh, so worth your time to check that out. And again, only $1 now. Also, if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, we have a special package to kick off the NBA season. For more information on how to be part of Locked on Heat, email us at lockedonheat at gmail.com for details. And you can hear your company right here on the show. We'll play Guess the Record next, but I want to bring up something that at least I haven't heard talked about yet in regards to Rodney Magruder. Magruder is going to be a restricted free agent next season. Given how he's played so far, there's a real possibility that the Heat won't be able to bring him back next summer. So if that's the case, should the Heat include him in a potential Jimmy Butler package. And David, what value do you think Magruder would have? Because to me, that seems like a Tibbs player up and down, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I think he doesn't have that much value still, though. I I just don't think that teams around the league see him as that that much of a commodity because they're unfamiliar, because the sample size is so small, Mm -hmm. um, because I think there's a, a general feeling around the league that players improve their their level of play in Miami and don't necessarily replicate that elsewhere. You know, uh, I, I think we're starting to see that more and more over the past few years with guys like Wayne Ellington, James Johnson, et cetera, that Miami is capable of maximizing a, a player's talent levels, no matter how small those might be. 
and that if you take them out of those ideal situations in that Miami locker room, they may not thrive as much. So I don't know right. that Minnesota and Thibodeau sees Roddy McGruder as a, a key figure in any kind of package. Now, Sweetener. the restricted free um, yeah, I mean the restricted free agency does make things more interesting, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and I think. I think you make a good point that the Heat probably will not be able to bring him back as much as they'd like to, and I think as much as Rodney would love to come back to the team that had faith in him and tur- or, you know help turn him into this the kind of player that we're seeing, he's going to follow wherever the money is, and I'm sure there's going to be some team out there that's curious to take a test and 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 you know take a chance to see whether or not Magruder is able to duplicate what he did in Miami elsewhere. Uh, he is going to, like you said, a restricted free agent in Miami. If they can't get under the, repeat, the the luxury tax this season, and they are currently set to pay the luxury tax, and there is a belief that they are going to try to get under, but if they can't, they are at serious risk of paying the tax next year, and then they get into the repeater tax, and that gets very expensive. And I, as much as we love Rodney Magruder, Mickey Harrison's not paying the, the luxury tax to bring back Rodney Magruder, right? So there is a there. Look, he's twenty seven. Um, he. I, he's got value as a two guard who can just sort of fill in. Like we know what Rodney Magruder's game is. He's showing drastic improvement. There is going to be a team out there that pays him some substantial money. We got another cap spike coming up too, and that that we got to consider that. But as as currently constructed, the Heat, even with Haslam and Dwayne Wade potentially coming off the books when they retire, um, and we don't we know that will that Dwayne Wade's gone. We're not so sure about Haslam, but even Haslam has a minimum cap hold. But even take those two guys off, Miami's still in the luxury tax next year with the guys that they already have on the roster. And that's not, that's not 15 guys on the roster. So they're, they're not going to be able to re-sign Rodney Magruder. They're not going to be able to do it unless they make a major deal between now and then. A, a right. trade to loosen up some of the, Otherwise, he's gone. Like, they're not going to be able to re-sign him. Um, even if it's six, seven, eight million dollars a year, they won't be able to, they're not going to be able to afford that. So... Right. There is a, they're going to want to pay they, Ellington too. I mean, I think part of possibly. the reason why he took, yeah, yeah. I, I think he took that small deal this year with the idea of coming back or, or maybe doubling down and increasing his value around the league. But I think he plans on on returning to Miami because he bought a house here and he's comfortable here. So, and Miami might not be able to afford Ellington either. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's we'll the tricky that part. I mean, out. they're going to have they'll have his bird rights by then. Uh, he's got a cap hold of a little bit more than eight million dollars. So there is a they the Heat could if they had to decide pick between Magruder. And Ellington, and try to figure out how it works. Let me look at their. Uh, they are currently less, almost a little bit more than two and a half million dollars over the luxury tax. Even with, and that's without Ellington or Magruder. So it's going to be tough to get one of them, if certainly both of them. So I think there's a real chance there to trade one of those guys. I think you could trade Ellington or Magruder, and try to get some value in return for them. And so I wonder. You know, look, uh, Ellington can't get traded until December 15th. Magruder could get traded right away. I think that there's a real possibility that Magruder could be involved in a Jimmy Butler package instead of maybe that first-round pick. I mean, if Tibbs is not interested at all in that Houston offer, look, I don't I don't know, man. I think that if he's not looking at – if he's looking at the Heat as, as a draft pick, right, and it's like, hey, if I give you Butler, you're probably picking between 20 and 25 next year, maybe yeah. 18, 18 and 25 next year. I don't value that pick. I'd rather get a guy who can help me win right away, and Magruder has proven to help teams win. I'd rather get Magruder, slot him in at shooting guard, play him next to Wiggins. He do, he could fill in the cracks for me, and then get all these other players that might come in. If maybe it's a Josh Richardson, a, a 
uh, a Kelly Olenek and a Rodney Magruder. That could be. I don't know. I don't know how Tibbs is thinking, but based on the fact that he hasn't got, he's not even interested in four first round picks. What is he going to be interested in? One first round pick as sweetener. I wonder if he'd rather ask for Magruder. I'm just bringing it up. It's possible that he asks for Magruder, and that's how Miami gets this done if they get it done. Well, I think the reason why the the four first round picks aren't as appealing as they might sound on, on you know at first glance is that obviously with Houston and James Harden and Chris Paul and and Clint Capella because you assume Eric Gordon is probably going to be included in the trade just for salary matching purposes um, that the value of those picks is going to be significantly lower. Not only are you entering right. into unknown territory as far as what those drafts how might how they might shake up as far as overall talent levels concerned, you're probably going to get a 25th through 30th pick in the draft. So it's not like you're going to find great value in those. So you're looking at four players, none of whom likely have superstar value. Yeah, let's, let's, I keep seeing comparisons to, oh my gosh, they're doing the Brooklyn Nets offer. This is not the Brooklyn Nets offer. Brooklyn had no good players, right? right? They had Joe Johnson was their best player and he was already kind of, mm, the well, they expected that's I mean, the whole thing with not... the Nets deal. I mean, they expected to be in that same level. They were going to get an older Kevin Garnett and an older Paul Pierce, and they were, in theory, going to uh, you know upseat the, uh, the the Miami Heat in the Big Three right. era. It didn't work out that way, obviously, because Miami was a much better team. But they had, that. but they had no, they, they, there was no history of winning there. They didn't have like that incumbent already with like James Harden and Chris Paul, that, and they're not, they weren't a sixty-five win team the year before they made all those deals, like. Boston was clearly ready to hit the rebuild button, and so they got the best possible package out of it. Um, this is not the same as the Brooklyn Nets deal. This now, is what not if you close? Okay, now how about if you flip the script a little bit and say, "Look, Houston's obviously struggling. They've had injury. They've had Chris Paul suspension, whatever. Right. The loss of James Trevor Ariza is going to be out a week or so. Yeah, yeah. Trevor Ariza, the loss hurts. Ryan Anderson to some degree, I think, hurts the team at least during the regular season. Uh, if you give up Eric Gordon and maybe some other players. Maybe that that impacts the team's depth. Is you know is Jimmy Butler's addition going to assure Houston of being a, a contending team? Are they going to be able to knock off the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference? I don't know that. No, that's I mean, nothing assures ideal. that, but right, it makes absolutely. their chance. Like if you get healthy, if you get Chris Paul back, and look, there. I don't think Houston plans on winning sixty-five games. I think they're planning on resting Harden and resting Paul throughout the regular season quite a bit, yeah. so that they're healthy for the the postseason run. But that gives them that chance, right? I mean, they're going to—I think—look, I'm not worried about Houston at all. I think James Ennis is going to give them 80% of what Trevor Ariza gave them last year. I think—I'm mm. not so sure they have to include Eric Gordon in the deal. I think by October 31st—and um, Zach Lowe tweeted this on Thursday— you're, they're then able to trade Brandon Knight and um, whoever the other guy that they got from, Marquise from Phoenix. Chris, but yeah, who, Marquise that Chris. has no and appeal can, for, for, for Minnesota, though. Well, I mean, four first-round picks might, right? Maybe, and so. Maybe. If if Minnesota feels inclined to move in on the first the four first if look if it's four first round picks plus Brandon Knight and and uh, Marquise Chris or you know Josh Richardson and other spare parts from Miami it's up to them to decide which one they prefer. Uh, I'm not so sure. Like I I, I obviously would prefer to get Eric Gordon. I'm just I'm not saying 100 percent Eric Gordon will be included. I think that there's a possibility that's not the case. So um, yeah, I I just. I, I don't. I think it's a steal for Houston, to be honest. I, if they can trade four first round picks, that are probably look. Yeah, maybe the one by twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four, whatever it is, ends up costing them. But the first two are going to be 
no, they're gonna be they're gonna be of no value to Houston or almost no value to Houston. I don't see the third one. There's a pot like Harden's still really good and young. Like they're gonna be fine for a while. Um, and if they get Jimmy Butler added to that group, I don't. I think it's worth it. Um, I really do because then they're just, you're one rolled Steph Curry ankle away from being the best team in the West if you add Jimmy Butler, right? So that makes um, sense. Anyway, we'll play guess the record next. But first, we have created the ultimate NBA Twitter feed. It's called at LockedOnNBANet and has all of the Locked On local experts on one feed. Every NBA team is covered. Every local angle uncovered. It is the ultimate Twitter follow for the NBA fan. Local experts on every team on one Twitter feed. You can't beat that. Plus, check that same handle out on Instagram. They're doing some cool stuff over there. Follow at LockedOnNBANet for the ultimate NBA Twitter and NBA Instagram experience. So this is a new game we're playing this season where every Friday David and I will discuss next week's games and guess what the Heat's record will be in those games. We'll keep track of how we do all season. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a prize or something at the end, David, uh, of the winner. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but bragging rights, maybe? Maybe just bragging rights. Maybe that's all we could afford. But we're going to keep track of wins per week, not individual games. So whoever does better in next week's games will get one win. I think that makes sense. Um, so... Let's get to it. Miami on Saturday will play Portland. What do you think? I think isn't that game? Wait, is it a game on Saturday or I think is it tonight? Saturday. It is. I'm sorry, I totally blew that one there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is on Saturday. I thought it was a back to back for uh, Portland at first. So that's why it changes my perspective a little bit. Uh, obviously, Portland was in uh, Orlando on Thursday. Big night for Dame Lillard. Finished with 41 points. They had some nice contributions from CJ McCollum and others. So I thought it was on a back-to-back, and if that was the case, and I would have expected a little bit of drop-off. I also think, though, that there is going to be the South Beach flu potentially going around for a team that has a, a one-day layover Friday night in, in Miami. I don't know if that's overstated or not, but I, we've seen the impact before. So I'm hoping that that'll kick in a little bit around that Portland locker room. Uh, I, I give Miami the edge. I think there's enough there where I think Portland has shown inconsistency over the course of the season. I don't know that we're going to get those kind of great performances from Dame two nights in a row, although he's certainly capable of it. Uh, I'd like to see Josh Richardson play some intense defense. I'd like to see Rodney Magruder on Lillard. I think that's a good match. I think I think Lillard versus Dragic, obviously that's a mismatch for Miami, but I think if you get Magruder some significant minutes on there, you could have him switch. I, I don't mind... I'm, I'm trying to think in the past, has Spolstra ever moved Dragic onto, say, McCullum and then have, in this case, Magruder kind of he try usually and let's it? play. He usually lets play Dragic. He usually lets Dragic play Lillard straight up, but yeah. Portland beat Miami in both games last year. Miami was 0-2 against Portland last season, so there's reasons for Spo to switch that up. I, I'm actually, look, Portland, they're starting Jake Lehman at mm-hmm. small forward right now, and he plays 15-ish minutes per game for them. Uh, he's kind of like their placeholder small forward and still, until they start getting into the more of those three-guard units and, and kind of wonky thing lineups and stuff. But maybe start, maybe you slot Dragic onto Lehman, who is basically just a, a spot-up shooter, and you play Richardson and Magruder against uh, Portland's guards. That could work. That would work beautifully. I just don't know that we've ever seen that from, from Spolstra. No, I know that he, Spolstra usually he, lets him play straight up at the start. yeah. yeah. It's it's unfortunate. Like that's the kind of creativity that I think that he should experiment with a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, but yeah, I've got 
Right. So you've got the Heat winning this game, though. I do. I think I okay. think there's enough there. I think Miami will will kind of want to build off of that New York win, and and though they, in my, your opinion, may not be a very good team, I think they'll they'll try and give maximum effort against Portland, and that'll translate into a win. I think that Damian Lillard. You, you mentioned how he went off against Orlando. I think in the history of Damian Lillard, it's more likely than not that he follows up a huge game with a huge game. Yes. That's kind of his mo. So. Yes. Uh, I have them losing this game. I mean, again, they Portland had their number last season. Nurkic tends to play well against Whiteside, or at least even him out. Now, we've got a healthier Whiteside, and I think that's a big part of this this matchup here is the Whiteside versus Nurkic uh, matchup. But and they don't got a lot of depth at uh, center. It's you know, it's it's Nurkic and then Myers Leonard. Um, well, they got Zach Collins. Yes, they do have Zach Collins, but I don't know. He doesn't play much center for them either, so I don't know that. I mean, I, I think Olenek or Adebayo is enough to limit what Collins do. And, and look, Collins had a big game in Orlando, and I don't know that well, he's going to follow that up with another big game either. I, no, I, I just don't, they, I don't they, have enough I, faith in, in the surrounding pieces around Lillard and McCollum, who both are capable that's of the all, consistency of that, But that's what I think that's all Portland needs. I think, I, I'm, I'm really down on the Heat right now, but McCollum and Lillard is better than any player that the Heat have right now. So Good point. They just they have the two best players on the floor. Um and Jake Lehman. Don't forget about Jake Lehman. Uh, Monday versus Sacramento. Ah, oh, that's another tough one. Miami always <laughs> gets up for... No, really. Miami gets up for these big games and then lets you down for the bad ones uh, You know, against that's the true. bad opponents. And so the Kings, you know, on an East Coast road trip, uh, young team, obviously, and not a lot of... Well, maybe there's some talent there, but not a lot of guidance. And you don't know quite what to expect from them. They were able to knock off the Oklahoma City Thunder. But then again, so is everybody else. Um, you know, I, I think this is a, I think this is a win for Miami. Yeah, I've got, I've got this as a win as Miami. Sacramento right now boasting one of the top five offenses in the NBA. That will not last. I promise you that. Um, do we know, so I, I've got that as a win. James Johnson, he's ruled out for Saturday's game for his Portland. That's worth mentioning. Could he be back Tuesday against Charlotte? That's the last game of next week. Um. If I think if James Johnson comes back for that game versus Charlotte, there's a Are chance. Are we assuming that, that Justice wins. comes back on Saturday versus Portland? I think so. It's and he Ellington was supposed well. to come back in the last game, but he had like a hamstring tighten up. Yeah, um, and then Ellington too should come back um, versus Portland. That will help. Um, Absolutely. But will. I still I've got a loss in Portland, a win versus Sacramento, and I've got a loss Tuesday at Charlotte. I think Kemba Walker has Miami's number at this point. He's got the NBA's number really. Um, but he's got the Heat's number, has for a long time. And uh, with what James Borrego is doing with the Hornets, playing small, he's a little bit more versatile, If if especially if James Johnson's not back. And he's a big matchup issue for Charlotte. Uh, I see the Heat dropping that game. So I've got Miami at 1-2. and two. What do you have for Charlotte? I'm going to go out on a limb and say Miami has the, the blueprint already for what Charlotte's doing this season so they can scout that game a little bit more effectively. That's a good point. I think that uh, I think that they'll be you know smarting from that loss uh, last week, and I think that they'll want to show that they can knock them off even on the second night of a back to back. Again, here's another you know concept: if Miami is able to blow out Sacramento early, which is a big if considering the fact that you know Sacramento has played Miami, diff, you know to some degree, uh, they played them pretty well over the last couple of seasons. If Miami is able to blow them out early, rest some of their guys, and have them kind of just transition at least mentally. For that game against Charlotte, then you can have a better rested, better prepared team 
who has something to prove. And I think they'll have, again, you know, enough footage there to see what it is that Borrego's doing. They won't take Michael Kidd Gilchrist lightly the way they did in their first game against Charlotte. So I think they can prepare for him and that he's not going to get seven blocks against Miami on Tuesday. Um, so I, I think they'll be able to prepare for it. And I think we'll see a lot more Magruder on Kemba Walker the way we did mm. uh, towards the end of that game that, that wound up being a loss for Miami. So I'm going to go 3-0. and I'm going crazy here. I, I, I'm not necessarily high on Miami. I'm certainly not as low on them as you are, but I think they can pull out three wins here. I think they get enough guys back to kind of inject them some new energy, and I think that they're going to be able to show some of that continuity that we haven't seen just yet. And I might be wrong about this, but you are. For, you I'm are. Going for the- <laughs> it's, you're so wrong about all of this. I just don't see it. Three and zero. I love it. I love it. I love the. I love the confidence. I wish I had it. Uh, but they are going one and two. The problem is, what happens when they go two and one? I don't know how we break this tie. <laughs> so what? We'll uh, we'll Price is right rules. I went over. Is that what it is? Is that you wanted to go that way? Uh, maybe we, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we'll go prices right rules. If you overbid, you, you're out of the running. So if if they go two and one, your pessimism helps. Now that'll 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 help too much though. Well, maybe we'll do like a point differential, like kind of like finding a playoff seating or something like that. Yeah, maybe. We, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. We'll have, maybe we'll let the listeners just decide. We'll put a poll up on Twitter and be like, who had a better argument about the reasons or something? I don't know. Nice. Figure it out. Um, but they're going to go one and two, so it doesn't matter. We'll figure it out some other time. We'll be back on Monday with our, meek, our, our weekly mailbag, so make sure that you get your questions in. You could do that, as always, by sending an email to LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or on Twitter by using the hashtag AskLOHeat. And, of course, make sure to hit subscribe on iTunes or whatever you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review while you're there. Music is courtesy of Mojave Wild. Thanks for joining me, David. Yeah, I, I kind of like Meekly Whalebag, too, though. It kind of has a nice run to it, ring to it. <laughs> Weekly whale bag. That's what we call Jimmy Butler, the whale bag. Get the whale bags. Mm-hmm.